This podcast is sponsored by our fine patrons. To find out how you can support the show, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Give a little, get a lot of podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. I am yet Tom Merritt. Yet again, Tom Merritt. I'm still <laughs> remaining Tom Merritt. To this very day, Tom Merritt. As we are all. So uh, say we all. So say we all. Uh, Sword and Laser is a book club, but it is so much more, you guys. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, all the amazing discussions that you guys are having all over the internet, on your own blogs, in emails, on Goodreads, on Twitter. You guys are rad. You're the best. Give yourself a handshake, pat on the back, take yourself out to dinner. <laughs> That's very nice of them to do for themselves. <laughs> they should. They deserve <laughs> it. They work hard. Uh, we're not drinking today, folks, but that doesn't mean you don't have to, or doesn't mean you should. Either way, you knock yourself out. We're going to go straight into the quick burns, right? Woot! Let's do it. The 2015 Campbell and Sturgeon Award winners have been announced, and the John W. Campbell Memorial Award for the Best Science Fiction Novel published in 2014 went to The First 15 Lives of Harry August by Claire North. Hmm. All right. Uh, Cory Doctorow is the man who sold the moon um, and also uh, won this year's... Uh, uh, wait, I'm confused. Okay, so the first 15 lives of Harry August by Claire North won this won year's the, won John Campbell, Campbell Award, Award. The for Best Science Fiction moon, Novel, won, won the, the Theodore, Theodore Sturgeon Memorial, Memorial Award yeah. for Best Short Fiction of 2014. They kind of ran those two sentences together. They there did, and it made it difficult mag. to read. If no only... disrespect to the Locust Mag. They do a great job. <laughs> if They're only fine they people. knew some writers. <laughs> Sorry, oh, just wow. To... I'm okay. sorry. I'm Never sorry. Mind. That was total disrespect. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to be nice. I apologize. No, I, that joke was too easy. It I in know. no it was way just hanging disrespects. There. She didn't yeah, mean it. Was, it. I had she to just... reach out and just grab yeah, it by it the throat. Uh, the awards uh, will be presented during the Campbell Conference Awards Banquet, which happens June uh 11th through the 14th so it already happened uh they were presented i should say at the university of kansas uh so yeah uh congratulations to both winners Corey Doctorow, man. Very, very cool stuff. stuff. Um, also, in big news this week, uh, apparently Ellen DeGeneres is going to produce Naomi Novik's Uprooted. Now, this is over on io9, and uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, this actually came through The Hollywood Reporter, of course, with Ellen DeGeneres tied to it. It's going to make major Hollywood news. Um, Uprooted, I, I bought the book. I haven't read it yet. I love Naomi Novik, as you guys all know. Um, but this is, this is really exciting. I mean, when you have a big name attached to a project like this it doesn't necessarily mean you know you never know what happens with these kinds of things sure you just you just never know yeah. um and in fact we talked about uh naomi novik uh gosh that was almost a decade ago when peter jackson optioned temeraire and we're All still right. waiting on that right so yeah i mean this says it's being adapted which would assume that it's more than just optioned mm -hmm. that they're actually at least trying to get a writer on it which is a good next step still doesn't guarantee anything mm -hmm. however uprooted has been getting a lot of acclaim uh we interviewed naomi novik on the sword and laser at dragon con i'm not saying there's a causal connection between coming on the sword and laser <laughs> and having a highly acclaimed novel and getting a hollywood <laughs> deal uh but i'm just saying sherry priest you're gonna have a great 2016 
We're just putting that out there because we are going to interview you at DragonCon this year. Because Sherry Priest will be our interview. Uh, look at our past interviews. They've all gone on to do amazing things. They also had done amazing things. They were already we doing them. amazing things. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> but that we didn't ruin their careers. I think that's my point. I think that is a that's that's a good way to kick that off for sure. Yeah, we did. We haven't broken anyone yet. No. So have don't we? be afraid, Sherry Priest. Did we break ourselves? Is the question. Not yet. Not, Not yet. Yet. Uh, but we might still hang in there. Still it's time. Good, it'll make good TV or mm -hmm. good radio. Uh, hey, Seattle's EMP Museum is the home of the Science Fiction Hall of Fame. And yesterday they announced the latest inductees for 2015. Uh, that includes James E. Gunn, Georges Méliès, Jean Schienhaar. Yes. How do you say it? I think George? you actually say the S in, in the name. Yeah, I believe it's one? like okay. that. Yeah. Uh, John Shaner, Hayao Miyazaki, Kurt Vonnegut, and Jack Gaugan. Yeah, this is an important list. I mean, these are some major players. In fact, I learned about uh, Miliers from uh, the video, the music video for Smashing Pumpkins, Tonight Tonight, which is based off of A Trip to the Moon. Oh, really? Because I was very That's young at the time. That's, so That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, my knowledge of classic film uh -huh. um, was not strong back <laughs> in those days. Uh, so that was my, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I learned more about that. And then I went to film school. So obviously learned more from there and of course i'm a huge studio ghibli fan um my neighbor totoro you know princess mononoke uh, right. there's so many great i mean if you love a good cat bus you of course love miyazaki <laughs> um so yeah but kurt vonnegut is always interesting because even though people definitely put him into the science fiction category he is also very much in the literary fiction category and I think there's been discussions over the years about where he really fits in, where his books fit in. What do you think? Well, yeah, and I think that's interesting because they do fit in science fiction. Let's there's there's no arguing that mm -hmm. whether they should be shelved there in the bookstore is really the only argument, right? Because some people say, well, they're more than just genre fiction. That's like you know saying that uh, that Jane Austen should just be shelved in romance, uh, and and she she could be right. But we decide to elevate people to status of literature, and that's where the argument comes in. But lots of Kurt Vonnegut stories definitely qualify as either science fiction or fantasy. Uh, I think it's also interesting that he's going in right alongside James Gunn, who, by the way, is still alive at age 91 in Kansas City, Missouri, who is a Golden Age author. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy wrote throughout the 50s and 60s uh, and put out some very popular and very uh, and 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 very groundbreaking for their time stories. A lot of them are dated or considered dated now. Uh, but his first one, The Fortress World, in 1955, all the way up, uh, he kept writing into the late 70s, and he had some books come out in the 80s and even some some 2000s as well. So uh, he is kind of the anti Kurt Vonnegut, like total 100% genre guy. Yeah, very cool. Well, congrats to all the uh, the the inductees. That's that's super exciting. I still haven't made it to the Science Fiction Hall of Fame, um, even though I was actually just in Seattle this week. But maybe next time. I was in Seattle just a few weeks ago, and I didn't make it there that time. I've been to the gift shop because I went to the EMP, the Experience Music Project, uh, but the Science Fiction Museum had been closed. That happened to me too. That happened to me too. I was up there for for a gadget event years ago, and we tried to go, and it had that just closed. That was the same closed. time that I was up there, wasn't it? Because you were up there. Were at we the both same time. there? Yeah. Remember, we tried to get together for dinner, and then you couldn't. We couldn't That's because right. our schedules conflicted. That was yeah. It was closed. Same at the time. Yes, yeah. yeah, so we both went up, and we both tried to go, and it was yeah. closed. That's kind of depressing. Well, that we'll is. have to make another trip. I guess I got something to cheer you up. 
Hyperion is going to be adapted as a miniseries, an event TV series, by, among others, executive producer Bradley Cooper. What? Of American Sniper fame. What? Or or The Hangover. Uh, I don't know that he'll be in it. It doesn't make it clear in this Dark Horizons uh, story, but uh, thank you to David for submitting this on Goodreads. Because you know Uh, what I need to see? The Shrike on TV. That sounds real appealing to me. You need to Bradley Cooper as the Shrike on TV. The Shriker. American Shriker. Wow. No? No, that doesn't work. Though I do kind of want to see that Photoshop. (laughs) Those people on Goodreads are saying the same thing. They're like, please make that happen now. Uh, Amazing. Cooper says, it is an absolute honor to enter into the world created by Dan Simmons that is arguably one of the greatest works of science fiction and helped realize it for television. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. And then we have another story from Robert who says, only a few days after the trailer was released, Fox has moved up the release of The Martian from November 25th to October 2nd. That's nearly two months. So I guess they're getting a good response. Uh, uh, you know who they're afraid of? Katniss Everdeen. Oh, right. Because yeah. Mockingjay Part 2 is coming out on November On November 20th. November 20th. Yeah. yeah. So they would have been up against Hunger Games, Creed, The Good Dinosaur. Forget it. There was nothing. There was nothing on October. Uh, what is it? October 2nd. No, they're that's good. That's good for them. Pan I want this film to succeed. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, And if you're into more Andy Weir stuff, uh, Andy Weir's been doing a lot of great interviews. Uh, He even did a spontaneous AMA, according to Daniel, over there on Reddit. Check out the Reddits. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. Very cool. Um, We also have a note from Clyde who says, uh, Shepard's Crown will be the last Discworld novel. Rihanna Pratchett tells fans, I don't intend on writing more Discworld novels or giving anyone else the permission to do so. They are sacred to dad. And Clyde goes on to say that he thinks this is good. Um, I I also, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I'm going to just say I would trust Rihanna Pratchett to do the right thing. If mm-hmm. she came out and said, I had lots of conversations with my dad and I feel confident in carrying on his work, I would trust her with that. Uh, she's saying, nope, you know what? It's not the right thing for me to do. I trust her with that. And you know what? I'll even say if she changes her mind five to 10 years from now or where or whenever uh, and says, you know what? I think I want to try Discworld. I'm, I'm going to let her make that decision. It's her family and, and her legacy. Yeah. I mean, if I if I were her, which I'm not, and I do not have the experience of her life or her relationship with her father, I would want to make my own path and, you know, not really have to live in the the wonderful, amazing shadow of my father, but still in his shadow nonetheless. And having to live up to that expectation, it's kind of unfair. I, I mean... Putting yourself out there in that way, I, you have to be a certain kind of person to be able to tolerate that kind of criticism. Yeah. And I'm not saying she's not, but I understand the impulse to not put yourself up against that. No, it's a really good point. And I would add to that, part of what I'm saying is you have to be super confident that you can carry this off and you want to deal with the heat that, mm-hmm. that Veronica's describing here. And if you're not, it, there's no shame in saying, no, that's that's not the right thing for me to do. Yeah. As sad as that makes us all who would like to see more of these. Indeed. Well, you know, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of books. And there's a lot yeah. of other great authors out there. Let's get back to turning things into TV shows then. Sporadic <laughs> Reviews posted uh, the news. I think I've talked about this on every one of my shows except Daily Tech News Show, that American Gods... We've been covering this for decades, it seems like, on Zord and Laser. It will finally 
be a TV show. They have greenlit it. So when we were talking earlier about Naomi Novik and we're like, well, you know, saying that you're adapting it doesn't mean it's going to get made. Mm -hmm. We've been saying that about American Gods for a long time. Forever. This this is the point where it's real now. Brian Fuller uh, is going to bring it to stars and we will get an American Gods TV show. And Neil Gaiman's on board with it. Yeah, stars. Killing it, man. I'm loving what Stars is offering these days between Outlander and Black Sails and did they oh, do I Marco Polo? I forgot about Black Sails. Is Black Sails good? I haven't I, seen it. It's trashy. It's totally trashy, but I but kind of love good, it. Is it good trashy? Mm, yes. No? Uh, yes. Yes. Maybe. I think so. I really, okay. I get a kick out of it. Well, listen, I'm a big fan of Pushing Daisies and Dead Like Me. I have heard nothing but wonderful things about Hannibal, even though I haven't seen it. Those are all Brian Fuller productions. So I'm not even holding the stars candle up for this. That's just the place that they'll put it when it's done. I think Brian Fuller is going to do a great job with it. Yeah, I kind of forgot that Tom Hanks and HBO were planning a um, six-season series. Right. But apparently that fell apart. Obviously it fell apart. And yeah, now no, there's we a talked new project. About, yeah, yeah, we talked about that on the show, I remember. And and we were so excited that HBO was going to do it. Uh, but I guess really all they're waiting on is to cast Shadow Moon and then they'll start shooting. Oh, boy. We're going to see some people getting eaten by vaginas. <laughs> yep. That's going to happen on that, television. Well, you know, it's stars. They they can do that. They can they can do that. They can do that. With the visual effects these days. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Hey. Hey. Let's talk about more shows that are coming to television. Let's talk about your other show, Vaginal Fantasy. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Sci-Fi has released a second trailer for The Expanse. Uh, this is coming from Andy via their YouTube channel. Uh, initially, it seems identical to the first trailer, but there are a few scenes scattered throughout which are not in the original. Uh, it looks amazing from Andy. Uh, yeah, it does look kind of amazing. I'm still getting a very Battlestar-y vibe, especially since we're seeing some crossover people. Yeah. Um, but Mike, oh, Mike is there. Mike is the best. <laughs> he's not named Mike. No, nope, he's Mike in everything he's until Mike the from end Bad. of time. And, and Better Call Saul. He's also Mike. Uh, the first time I saw this trailer, I thought, you know, Miller looks a little skinny. And then James S.A. Corey on Twitter pointed out he's a belter. And I'm like, oh, right. That makes sense. I've told that story mm. before. Mm-hmm. This time, Holden looked too young. To me. Which one was he? He's, uh, what's, oh, he's got the black hair. Okay. Uh, I know who They all mean. have black hair, though. I don't know <laughs> if that helps you. Uh, the one so, where she's like, why are you getting involved? And he's like, I have to get involved. Exactly. That exactly. Guy? Okay. And, 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 and that's just my own imagination again. Uh, I also, I don't think Holden's supposed to be old. So this again could totally work. It's going to be all in how he carries off Holden because Holden is like the guy who's naive and just wants to do the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's that seems to come through in the little bits we get on the trailer, but we haven't got enough of it yet, obviously, because it's just a trailer. So I am nothing but excited about this. I cannot wait to watch it. It looks amazing. I had to come up with one thing to pick at because you know what? Otherwise, it's the internet. It's not interesting to listen to me just wax eloquently about it all the time. But uh, that, that's the only thing I can come up with that I, when I looked at this, I'm like, yeah, maybe Holden looks a little too young. I don't know. But otherwise, it looks amazing. Yeah. No, I'm stoked. It's going to be fun to watch. And I'm really enjoying Nemesis games. Uh, almost done with it, actually. If it weren't for Fallout Shelter, I probably would have finished it earlier this week. So yeah, let's. Um, Fallout Shelter <laughs> is a thing that has consumed our lives. Yeah. Um, it's and an many iOS of the people we know, know it's it it's a, it's an iOS game. It's it's uh you know with Stay the. Stay away from it, kids. <laughs> Don't. It'll ruin it's, your life. You'll ruin your life, kids. You'll ruin your life. 
Um, all right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we got some great emails this week. So our first one comes to us from Danny, who writes... Um, hey, Danny. I, I, are you Daenerys Targaryen? Yeah. Um, which, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's D-A-N-Y. So I'm just right? assuming... Uh, she, she or he, I, I don't know. Mother of dragons. They um, says, I'm fairly certain I'm doing this wrong, but hey, at least I'm doing it. I don't think you're doing it wrong. Uh, I was wondering if you have read the Adventures Wanted, Adventures Wanted series by M.L. Foreman. If not, it would be awesome if you could showcase his first book, Slathbog's Gold, on your show. He has four books out and the fifth is on the way, but he had a stroke last year and has been struggling mm. with his writing. And it would be great if more people were made aware of his stories so they can show him support and encourage him to keep writing. Thank you. And I hope you are having a great day. I am. And uh, she goes on to say, P.S. Uh, just because he is my all-time favorite author, you should read Saxon Andrew. If you haven't already, all of his books are awesome with a capital A. Thanks, Danny. Uh, yeah, that that is awesome. Now, if you were wanting us to like, pick that as the next book then then that yeah that's not how that works uh <laughs> but if you're just like wanting us to pass along an author's name so people have more ideas about things they might want to read because it's a recommendation from somebody who loves the book you're doing it perfectly perfectly and i have to say the adventures wanted uh series the the website for ml foreman is pretty rad so if you guys want to go check that out it's at um where did it go? I already lost it. I had it. Just Google it. You'll find it. It's You'll pretty great. It. Yeah. Turner Davis uh, wrote in and said, I love the podcast. I've been listening for a year or so now. I'm glad you stuck with us, Turner. Thank you. I have tried writing my first novel, but was informed by a friend that the world I had created had the same mechanics as the Lost Fleet series by Jack Campbell. The plot was completely different, but the way the ships moved and fought were similar. I read some of the books and they were brilliant, very unique, very different to normal space books. Thus ended my writing career and my dreams no. my question is how long if at all should i wait to write again the ideas won't leave me but i don't want to be seen as plagiarizing someone's work when can a revolutionary idea be used by others in their own unique way thank you for your time a sad and confused fan turner oh that is the saddest thing i've heard in a really long time um i don't think that has to end your writing career or crush your dreams um I'm not sure what the fighting mechanic is. I'm not sure exactly how similar they are. And if they're completely different plot-wise otherwise, gosh, I think it's just a matter of getting an editor to help you kind of figure out how to describe the mechanic that, that doesn't make it seem exactly the same or helps you find some ways to kind of retweak it. I think you just need some people to read your work that are familiar with the Lost Fleet series and just help you rejigger it a little bit. I don't think this has to end anything. No, I agree. In fact, you could leave the mechanics exactly the same. Uh, and again, we haven't read your book, so we don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some description that you're using that is word for word, in which case, yes, you should absolutely change that. But if you're just following physics as an inspiration and you ended up at the same place as Jack Campbell, uh, at, at worst... You should put a note in the acknowledgments that, you know, you created this system and you understand that it's very similar to Jack Campbell's and you want to acknowledge that. Uh, but there's no copyright on ideas. And in fact, it should work the other way. You should take Jack Campbell as your inspiration and build upon it and make it your own. If you're just plagiarizing all his ideas and saying, I've renamed the characters and otherwise it's the same stories, that's plagiarizing. Having a similar mechanic system 
opens you up to the criticism of not being very original, perhaps, but it's not wrong. And I mean, geez, I, look at every fantasy book on the planet for right? Christ's sake. I mean, it no is one like... would have ever written a fantasy book in the 1960s <laughs> if they yeah. all were like, well, it's the same mechanics as Tolkien's world, so... I'm not going to write it. Uh, it, I think Veronica's got great advice, better advice than I'm giving you, which is like, have some people read it. See if you can tweak it, make it more original. But my, my other advice is the way to get better and more original is to keep writing Mm -hmm. and put that out there and have other people read it and then, and then try the next one. Don't stop. I think that would be the opposite. Yeah. I think that that is a, that is a bad idea to completely stop, um, especially if this is your your dreams, these are your passions. There's no reason for you to stop. And I mean, this is maybe not the best example, but Fifty Shades of Grey was Twilight fanfic. It was yeah. 100% based on another story. And she was able to retweak it enough that it was different. And now she's a kabillion zillionaire. Well, it- Take that back to the source. Bram Stoker's Dracula was his invention. Every vampire book after that is using his mechanic, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There Which you is go. that vampires exist and bite people and live forever, right? Like, and drink blood yeah, and turn into bats. Some are sparkly and some aren't. There are tweaks to it, but it's the same underlying mechanic. That's okay. Uh, like I said, you should acknowledge that you know that now, but especially because you didn't know it when you wrote it, I wouldn't stop. Yeah, I agree. Well, I hope hopefully you'll keep going. Please let us know if you do. Um, I'd love to hear more about your story and more about your mechanics and 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 find some people to read it. I think that's that's the your your next yeah, really your next advice. move, for sure. But thanks for writing in. All right. Shall we talk about the book of the month then, Veronica? I think we should. Yeah, we are wrapping up City of Stairs by Robert Jackson Bennett. Um, so if you, well, we'll talk about our next book pick of the month for July before we get into the wrap up so you don't get any spoilers if you're not done yet. Uh, so yeah, Tom, so don't this stop is, yet. the next one is your is your pick. What have, what have you selected for us and how? Uh, I just threw a dart mm. at my bookshelf. Until mm-hmm. it hit a book that I hadn't read. Okay. No, that's not how I did it. Uh, we had a vote and uh, caused a tiny bit of confusion. I apologize for that. I created the poll, which you can always get to the polls from Goodreads. Always look for the polls. The polls are there. New polls come up. You can vote in them. I didn't create a separate thread for it. Instead, I told the patrons about it so they could get the jump on the poll. And then Robert went and created a thread for it, which is fine. There was no. It wasn't meant to be a secret. Uh, but we will do stuff like that from time to time where we give a little bit of a head start or inside knowledge uh, to the patrons. But it doesn't mean we'll prevent you from having the knowledge. And that's what I was doing there. Anyway, the winner of the poll was Emily St. John Mandel's Station Eleven, uh, which is about a girl who will never forget the night uh, that a famous Hollywood actor had a heart attack on stage during a production of King Lear. And then 20 years later, uh, Kirsten moves between the settlements of the altered world world uh, that happened after a devastating flu pandemic arrived and changed civilization as we know it. The Traveling Symphony uh, is what they call themselves, the troupe of actors she with she's with, and they have dedicated themselves to keeping the remnants of art and humanity alive. But when they arrive in St. Deborah by the Water, they encounter a violent prophet who will threaten the tiny band's existence. So it's mm. a little bit of a post-apocalyptic scenario. Uh, there's a little bit of a, of a science medicine fiction theme to it, and there's also some time travel, just so you know. Okay, sounds good. It's not at all like, um, what's that other one we just read? 
What was the one about the uh, magicians? Oh, the circus? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that it's got a circus in it, but it is very similar in that it's a traveling actors, right? Mm -hmm. Which we also had in the Terry Pratchett book that we read. So there's a little bit of a nomadic theme running through some of our books this year. (laughs) Nomadic theme. I like that. Well, very uh, it's cool. I'm a, it's a National Book Award finalist, a Penn Faulkner Award finalist. Uh, you've you've pretty much seen it on as a finalist in all the awards this year. So mm-hmm. uh, we we put it up on the poll against the Campbell Award winner, uh, and uh, and it won, and it won far and away. And everybody liked those selections in any case this year. So or this month. So that's what we're reading. Station Eleven, Emily St. John Mandel, starting July first. Fantastic. I'm excited about that. All right, let's jump into the Book of the Month Club dis- Book of the Month Club discussion. Yes, the quality paperback Book of the Month Club discussion. <laughs> it's a how-to book on growing oh. tomatoes. <laughs> All right. Well, we just wrapped up our <laughs> Wait, wait. Now I'm ending the discussion. <laughs> Uh, we, we just wrapped up City of Stairs by Robert Jackson. We just Thanks finished reading City of Stairs. I, re- I finished in a sprint. Yeah, me too. I just finished it today as well. Because um, I think we both realized that we were doing a wrap-up episode today. That's because we both went to Seattle. And that took away time from our reading. Separately. Separately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At different times. Uh, yeah. So I really enjoyed it which is why i'm surprised that i hadn't finished it yet because (laughs) every chance i got i was enjoying wanting to read it Mm -hmm. it was not one of those books where i had to schedule myself which maybe makes me read them faster i don't know Uh, but every time i got a chance to pick up the audiobook i was into it i absolutely adore this world and to jump right to the end i thought robert jackson bennett pulled off a magic trick in a way, in being able to wrap up this story in a perfectly self-contained way where you don't have any loose ends, you feel perfectly confident in how things are going to work out, and yet everything is set up so that you're dying to read the next book at the same time. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I was, uh, I loved the book, by the way. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. And... I it, it kind of gave me a little bit of a city in the city vibe, uh, China Mieville. Okay, I'm not. Have you read that one? I haven't read that one. No. Um, it's essentially only similar insofar that there are two cities right. kind of located on the same plane, in two different, eh, not spheres, uh, planes of existence, I guess. Uh, same in the same geographical location, though in this case it is actually the old version of the same city. Um, I loved the I loved the idea. I mean, we never get the answer of where the divinities came from and and why they selected the continentals um, and not the Saipurians. Uh, Saipurians? Are you you listen to Say the audiobook? Saipur is how they Say said poor. it in the audiobook. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, so that you know that is left unanswered, and maybe that's something that will happen in the future, or maybe not. Do we really need it to be answered? Because you know, it's. They're defined. They just show up. <laughs> they don't even know how they got here. Right, exactly. And and you could you could look at that and say, oh, that's a little bit of a cheat, but it also fits every kind of mythology that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that everybody has a different origin story, and origin stories change. And what better way to explain it than the gods are like, I don't know, our, our memories get wiped. You yeah, know? they tell and, us how we we showed up, and that's how we showed up. That yeah. rewrites our reality, and that and becomes leaves, the truth. It, it, it leaves a really open question about how gods are created and what really powers them, which I find to be so cool, because if you are very devout 
mm-hmm. uh, as a person. You can definitely see a representation of your kind of religion in there that you can be comfortable with. And if you're on the other end of the scale and a total atheist who doesn't believe in gods at all and thinks they're all just a, a self-delusion, you could see that in there as well. It's, it's, it's again, a, a nice, elegant piece of writing jujitsu that allows you to fit your own perspective on it without really changing the story. Yeah. Um, Sigurd was my favorite character, though. Sigurd. 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 They said Sigurd. 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 Yeah, which I know it's not spelled that way, but... Um, yeah, he was, now, he was awesome. I, if I had a criticism of this book, it would be like, oh, and he ends up being the fairy king? Come on. What? How did you not figure... But I mean, wasn't that kind of obvious? I thought it was too obvious. Oh. I was like, well, he can't be. That's just too obvious. Like, that's just too, like, nicely tied up. And they're like, oh, well, I guess I was wrong about that. Hmm. Well, I thought it was kind of nice. I was happy for him. <laughs> yeah, I was happy for him, too. <laughs> he was uh, a little too good at killing, though. He was way good at killing. He was super good at killing. <laughs> he was so good. But he took over that's the what, airships. That was And I rad. guess that's why I'm supposed to be okay with him being the fairy king, is that he's, like, so not the fairy king in any part of the story. And Maybe he doesn't in his want own way, be. he's blessed. Right, yeah. I think that's kind of the implication Is there. it? You're right. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it until you said that. But it makes sense. Hmm. He's got his own uh, drailing kind of blessing on Yeah, him. yeah. I liked that the aunt was, you know, the bad guy. Yeah. The, so why did you like that she was the bad guy? Because she was a bitch. <laughs> so you just wanted her to get her comeuppance at the yeah, end? Yeah, I wanted so. to, you know, kind of have her put in her place. The pushy, um, the pushy older matron. Knows, knows what's best for everybody. Uh-huh. Um you know, it was sad. Kind of, it, it was kind of sad, though. But the way it all went down. Um, but I thought the characters were really fun. Like they all had their own personalities that were very distinct. Um, there was I, Goblin Emperor level politics going on in the background of this book too, which I mm-hmm. found really intriguing. And it really didn't come full to the fore until that ending scenario with her aunt. Right. And she's like, she just kind of goes in, Shara just kind of goes in and is like, well, I know your secret, so I'm the boss now. (laughs) Guess what? Guess who's the the emperor now? Yeah, you can, you can either not do what I say and I ruin your life or just give me your job and I make it, you know, it's pretty comfortable, pretty comfortable exit for you. Golden, golden parachute or whatever they say. And that's not even a very nice thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, like, mm. like what she does there at the end is is somewhat cruel it's an ultimatum like, I'm taking away the purpose of your life either way you can have it you can have it in fuzzy chains or you can have it in hard cold iron chains well i mean your she, just because she's blessed doesn't mean that's her purpose she can go do something else and be really good at no, it her purpose is is to control people right to be in charge she wants to be top dog i guess and, well, and she so can be... that's being taken away that's what i mean about that she can be top dog at a university <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to fulfill her, though. I think she'll she's be back. coming back she'll to be bite. Back. The, yeah, exactly. No, I think you're right. I think she'll right. totally be back. Uh, so Lindsay on the forums uh, brought up a question that I also had about Vahanas uh, and then points to a, an article. Uh, she read this this book last year and said there's a blog post from Renee Williams writing on the Lady Business blog drawing attention to, attention to the bury your gaze trope as it applies to Vahanas because he is the only queer major character in the book and the only major character to die, which I found surprising when he died. In fact, I almost... Mm-hmm. I 
I had to go. I had to rewind because I'm like, really? Did I miss something? Uh, Lindsay says, my first reaction is to defend the book. My second reaction is defend the book and attack the article. But that being said, Renee seems to have a point. What did you think? Um, I haven't read the article yet, but I did. It did bother me at the time. Um, I was glad he got he got to say the things he got to say. Like, you know, if this is if this is how it's going to be, I don't want this. Like if you're if if this is, you know, I'm not describing it very well, but he got to say all the things he wanted to say, but he he shouldn't have had to have died for it to be said. Yeah. And it's one of those tough, tough calls, too, where I'm very sympathetic uh, to to the question of like, oh, so you have one gay character and you kill them. Right. Mm -hmm. But that can happen and it's extra tough to discuss when you're talking about a total fantasy story because you're like well it didn't have to happen you it's a fantasy world you can do whatever you want but it could happen in the real world uh and and what makes fantasy worlds rich is when they reflect what happens in the real world and i think uh that Brendan actually hit upon a great point, which is her point seems pretty straightforwardly correct. These sorts of implications can be avoided with greater representation. So if Johannes hadn't been the only character that you knew was gay, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't stick out so much. And I am of the opinion that it's quite possible that other characters were and it just didn't come up. Well, it was it was definitely difficult in, in that particular setting because, you know, in Bulakov, um, it was forbidden. Right. But then again, a lot of things were forbidden and they still happened, like having white floors, for example. Right. And eating bright yeah, but, fruit and letting the seeds a... rot in the gutter. Yeah, but those that's like saying, you know, oh, well, it's it's legal to be gay in the United States. But up until recently, it was not really accepted. Did you know that dancing was illegal in Japan until like this week? Until this week? Yeah. No, it wasn't enforced. I was going to say, wow. But dancing was illegal. Did you know that dancing was illegal at the college in my hometown? Really? You had to sign a lifestyle statement if you wanted to go to college there saying you wouldn't drink, dance, smoke, or have premarital sex. Dance. Wow. Did, yeah. And then did it go into like a footloose kind of like thing happen? Well, it was Were just you the like college. footloose. And then. So it wasn't the whole town. But just, but, col- just at the college, did you yeah. like do, start doing the dancing and be like, college. you can't make me stop dancing. <laughs> this is my life. I just danced across campus. Just like, Ugh. I'm not even a student here. Ha <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I I I think I think overall Vohanas is an excellent deep complex character. Uh, mm-hmm. and 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 so I feel like there's there's a really good defense to say that having him die makes a makes a point of its own mm-hmm. about acceptance and intolerance and 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 all of that. Uh I think that while Brendan's right more other representation would have made it not stick out so much. At the same time, he's writing about a place called Bulukov where to let people know about that, especially if you're not in a privileged position like Vahanis, is tantamount to a death sentence. Right. Uh, so there could be plenty of characters that we met who were gay and we just, they, they would not risk their lives to let anyone know that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. You know, maybe he could have done more to make all of that uh, more apparent. But a f- a f- yeah, a few people on the forums were saying that they read it more as the ex-lover or lover dies trope. Yeah. Or, you know, but 
people are sensitive you know it's a it's a sensitive subject and sure. it's you know it where it's it may be a trope but it doesn't mean it's not not difficult to see especially when you're looking for more representations of um, right and and especially when you see a book where you're like oh this book helps in this area in so many ways except for that one it was a, an extremely forward-looking book in pretty much every way yeah i mean it really kind of sticks its thumb bites its thumb at you know not not religion but extremist extremist religion um that i think we can relate to a lot in in modern day society in our current society um you know that that definitely reverberated a lot with me it felt very modern and i'm still unsure like i guess they they have they have cameras and they have guns but they don't have I feel like it and Robert Jackson Bennett may have said this when we interviewed him but I feel like it's late 1800s early 1900s ish okay in its technology and I think if I remember right he said that he didn't want to lock it down to a particular earthly timeline he said they have some things faster than we got them mm-hmm. but they have there are other things that they haven't developed yet that we developed earlier than they did right and that i think that makes sense i i actually like that better than having a real fast and hard timeline tie-in yeah, yeah. um for for the development of technology no, I agree. so i i loved the book and I, I hope i have time to read the next one um city of blades what did you think about uh, just just one last thing because you know we we touched, this book touches on sexuality. I mean mm-hmm. you can't you cannot criticize it for not addressing the issues of sexuality, about gender identity, religion, politics. This book does not shrink away from any of these of these topics. What did you think about the last surviving god, uh, sort of just hiding out in the forest and staying out of stuff? I thought she was great, uh, Orvos. Orvos, thank you, yeah. Orvos. Um, That's where I order all my pet supplies. <laughs> um, no, I think that's great. I think it's it's you know she was the one who kind of took off before the other divinities banded together for the expansion. She was like, I want no part of this, and she trusted in the faith of her of her followers. Uh, trusted. Well, I in love the-, the idea that she took off because she had trained her followers so well that they said, "We don't really need you." Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We will, you know, continue on in, in your name, but not really. And we just will do good things, do good works. Be, and she was be proud good of people. them for that. Yeah. I, I just thought that was the most elegant thing ever. I thought so too. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that, that you know, Shara, is that how they say her name in the book? Yeah, Shara. Okay. Um, I didn't know if it was Shara. That uh, she had that moment to kind of have a, have a real connection with her ancestor, essentially. Without I mean, they're, very they're suing related. it, right? It's yeah. like, oh, you're not blessed, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. You're you 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 know, some things will, you know, maybe work out for you, but that's just because you are a hard worker. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck with that. They so may I think, or may not. I feel like the the ability for her to do miracles in such a in such a way. I think the only problem I had with the book was if she was able to do miracles so easily, were there really not other people just doing miracles more and more? You know, other people who, I mean, I know the yeah. knowledge, I guess if you, if you really stay true to the right. restricted knowledge idea in the book that people cannot access this stuff except yeah. for, but the restorationists could. And not so, everything worked. Yeah. But she, know. you know, yeah, she was question. very good at it, but she did say that, you know, anyone could really do it, especially if their, their ability was amplified by taking that drug. 
Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Although that sounds really kind of fun. Amplify I'm on a vomit snow abilities. everywhere. Yeah. It's vomit snow. <laughs> Ew, mounds gross. and mounds of snow. Yeah, so that that wraps up uh, City of Stairs by Robert Jackson Bennett. I, I'm real glad we picked this one up. I thought it was a fun read. Uh, good good story, good world building, um, interesting characters, you know, very, very modern take on, on a fantasy novel, I thought. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. I'm glad it was more than just stairs. It was, there was, there was more to it than that. Yeah, next book apparently is all blades. So yeah. Uh, and, and the next, uh, we're, we're jumping into the middle of a series when we read station 11. We didn't read stations one through nine <laughs> or 10. One through 10. Yeah. One zero through 10, through 10 technically. Yeah, zero if, you through be, 10. if you want to be accurate about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's funny, but thanks for listening you guys. And of course, as always, um, our show is completely funded by our patrons at patreon.com slash sword and laser. Thank you guys so much. If you, you know, we, we love our patrons. You guys are awesome. Um, it's, it's just a real honor to get to make this show for you and if you want to contribute head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser yeah and we're, I'm, I'm trying to be better about letting you in on stuff if you're a patreon uh, yes so giving you a, a little missives here and there you can also support the show if you're like i can't commit to giving you money for every episode you people uh you could just buy books you're going to do that anyway right so use our links over at swordandlaser.com slash picks you can find links to the books we talk about on the show just some of our favorite books and if you click on one of those links and go into amazon and buy anything else from amazon we still get credit for it so you could do that too Woot! Awesome. Well, if you want to send us in an email the way that Danny and um, and uh, I got it, Turner, Danny and Turner, like Danny and Turner did. They're like fighting crimes, Danny and Turner. Danny and Turner. It's like, well, you think, I think you're, because Turner and Hooch, I think is what you're. It probably is, yeah. What, you're, you're, right. what you're pulling up from the old memory <laughs> banks there. Uh, but you can email us at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on Goodreads, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.